friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective. Speaking of women, today I have a powerful woman that's coming on the show. My friend Jennifer Etter is a biofield therapist. She's been working with people from over 16 years. And Jennifer, she's an author, yogi, entrepreneur, mom, wife, and founder of the female empowerment podcast named Find Her Seat. With her 16 years of expertise helping others through her biofield therapy practice, Jennifer possesses the yin and yang necessary to help bring balance into women's lives, giving them space to finally find their seat at the table. Pulling from her past experiences, she has an empathetic approach to help others awaken the power within and step into their power. Jennifer, what is going on, girl? <laughs> well, I, first off, hello. <laughs> hey. I love, I love your set. And if people are listening, you can't see it, but she's got gold in back of her. She's wearing a beautiful purple sweater. There's some sparkle. And also, Jennifer, your bio says from your experience. And that's mm -hmm. what I really want to dive into for the first part of today, because okay. I want to know why you got into this therapy and that you're helping other people. What happened in your life to bring you to this point? So first off, I want to say that you know, I didn't come from an amazing neighborhood. I spent a lot of time in fear. I had my own traumas. And um, when I was 16, not to go into too much depth there, I moved out. And by the time I was 17, I found myself homeless. And um, so I, I met some people and they asked if I would like some help. And I said, of course, I would like some help. So they turned me to a halfway house. And wow. so in that halfway house, I had, you know, a lot of introspection, a lot of spiritual work. I've always been a spiritual girl. Um, but at that time, I, I was really missing some pieces, some parental pieces in my heart. And it caused me a lot of pain. And so the first thing I did was I realized through the spiritual work that I needed to let go of my parents' roles in my heart. And backstepping a little bit, I had met a woman who gave me a ring. And I think this ring may have been, I don't know, it had a, a gold uh, pyramid inside of it. It was made out of resin. And she said, here, this is to protect you. Put this ring on. So I had this ring on. And I remember I was in my bunk bed because that we had to share rooms with other actually women. And um, I said a prayer. And I said, God, I want you to take the place of my father in my heart. Wow. And I went to sleep. And I tell you, Annie, when I woke up and I had my arms up like this, because I always sleep like this, <laughs> I looked over and the ring was broken in three places off of my finger. What? And I looked over and when I saw that ring broken off of my finger, mind you, it was resin. It was thick. I knew that from that moment on, I didn't need anything else but God. And so I have an extremely close relationship. You know, I, I, I call him dad. He, and when I'm talking to him, I say, all right, daddy, talk to me. And so that was a beginning of my healing. As I moved on and I got a little bit healed up and I eventually found my, actually stumbled my way through beginning of my adulthood. Um, I realized that I was attracting 
poor people. And when I say poor, I meant spiritually poor. So they were abusive and what have you. And I realized there was a pattern. This is before the secret, the book, the secret came out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, you know, in my prayer realized that I needed to work on me and I needed to change me deeply inside in order to attract something different. And as I did, I began to kind of blossom I guess, and and really started taking care of me and things started rolling and I got a better job. Um, I started attracting better people in my life. I found my way into yoga and then into healing process. But still, I was noticing that there was a pattern that kept coming up. And this was a pattern that was coming from women. Right? I had healed and worked on the man pattern, right? And the men in my life. But there was still this female pattern that I was noticing And anytime I would say something, someone would say, oh, Jennifer, they're just jealous. They're just jealous. And I've heard this my whole life. And and I thought, that's a horrible, horrible thing. And if if anybody could say that. Right. To always say, oh, they're just jealous. They hate you. But is it really that? Like, I I have a quick question about when you went to the halfway house, how did you feel walking in there? Did you feel like, were you scared? Or did you feel like, wow, I feel like I can like rest here? Or did you, were you apprehensive? No, I, I I was forever in search of stability. That I mean, that seemed to be my my goal for many years. Is I just wanted stability. I had a single mom; she was doing her best with what she had to work with, um, but I really needed more stability. So when I finally got there, I actually could exhale, and um, and I felt like this is a, a step for me to finding more stability. I. You know, they say, oh, are you an alcoholic? Well, no, I wasn't an alcoholic. It didn't mean that I didn't experiment with things, right? I was stumbling in life, right? But yes, I felt like I was amongst people who were going to help guide me. And we did the big book work and I was able to dig in. I tell anybody, I don't care if you have an addiction or not, or you think you have an addiction. We're all addicted to something. Uh, The 12-step program is amazing at digging in. And those were my first steps to really digging in. You, you, you know what, when you went, it's, it's like when you, you said you were 16 and, and then we'll go back to what you were talking about. Cause I want to kind of dig into that part because you mm-hmm. went there, but you, it's like you knew that you wanted more and that you were not doing well. And that if you went, if you kept going down this path, right, that it wouldn't end up good. So to me, it's like you had this maturity inside of you to realize mm-hmm. I need I need God. I need something different. There's mm-hmm. this, whatever's going on right now in my life is not working. Right. I, I mean, I'm, no, I'm right. a little bit, and I'm going to say it, jealous, Jennifer, <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't have that realization when I was 16. I was so jacked up. Like, I was like, <laughs> F God, you know, like, but get, right. go ahead and finish what you were talking about earlier. Oh, so basically, you know, I, um, I knew I needed, I needed to do more. And once I did start doing more and then oh, back to the jealousy part, right? So I was really, I'm an observer. I'm not naturally a loud person. Um, I have a soft voice, but I'm, I like to observe and I'm, I look for patterns. Naturally, I'm always looking for the, the origin, the why. And so I really started looking at how I personally at the time, it was how can I control how these people treat me, women treat me. And I kept thinking if they were just happy, if they were just happy with themselves, they would treat me better. And so I really focused on trying to make people happy, but guess what? That doesn't make them treat you better. So <laughs> no, they fast you. forward. <laughs> Codependency. No, they, right. Exactly. Yeah. Codependency. <laughs> we can have another discussion about that. But fast forward, 
I have my first daughter and I start noticing the same patterns happening to her with little girls Uh being mean to her. And she's a beautiful blonde haired, blue eyed girl with the heart. I mean, she's just straight out of God's lap. And so I'd get angry, right? As we do, I'm very protective. And I started really watching the patterns. So it was not too long after she was a toddler and I started noticing things that I decided that I'm going to make this my mission, right? I'm going to heal the deep wound between women. And let me tell you, Annie, when you take on a monster like that, that's been here for a long, long time, yes, you're going to get, <laughs> get your butt handed to you. And right. though my efforts were great, I wasn't actually looking at my personal role in playing with that. I was still finding myself not stepping into my own power. And why wasn't I? So I had the women of divine retreats and they were very successful. But again, I, I would team up with another woman that was powerful and I'd want to find my own power, but she, you know, she wouldn't want me in my power. And there was this struggle, but it was my own pattern. So but I kept going on. She, you, you said she didn't want you in, in the power. Like she didn't mm-hmm. want you to be confident of yourself. Cause right. you felt like I, maybe the I, reason why she had those retreats, is it possible because she just wanted more followers? Because well, people I, do that sometimes, right? They do. They do. Well, what would happen here is I would come up with the ideas. I would create everything and then they would take credit for it. So when it came time for the retreat, they would take all of my work and then stand up in front of everyone as if it was theirs. Now, mind you, this I've had this that happen to me so many times. Things. Yes, yes, and it kept happening. Oh, yeah, but mm. what I had to look at was my role. What what mm-hmm. was I doing that was attracting that? And so with that, Being I, a I realized. Too open? <laughs> Well, I'm always open. (laughs) But I mean, sharing a little bit too much, it's like, keep your mouth shut. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. But I think it was more of, I didn't think I could do it on my own is really what Mm. it was. Who am I, right? Who am I to be this powerful? Who Who's going to want to listen to me? Who's going to want to, you know, have me guide them in such a large extent? And so I was leaning on someone else to do it, but... It was not congruent with what I really wanted, which was to step into my power, if that makes sense. It was yeah. it was a terrible situation, right? And so when I decided to come up with Find Her Seat podcast, I was at a moment in my life where I was doing really, really well in an MLM. This was the first time I mean I was doing so well that I actually was starting to make almost as much money as my husband. And I realized for the first time that I felt like I had actually found a seat at the table where I could be an equal in our discussions of our finances. When that happened, there was a trigger that when uh, something clicked inside of me and I thought, wow, all this time I've been saying, who am I? Who am I? Right. I don't really deserve a seat. Maybe, you know, I don't deserve the front of the line. I'll be second in line. And as that happened, I had a business partner again who kept competing. And I thought, this is my opportunity to try to work this out again. Let's work out this female empowerment thing. And so I came to her and I said, you know what? Let's try this. Instead of competing, let's work together. Let's bring our two powerful forces together and see what happens. And I said, I've always been involved in female empowerment. I really believe this is is the key because we're so powerful. If we actually came together 
Can you imagine the changes that we can make if we stop fighting? Yeah. Just stop fighting and stop Mm. getting jealous. Like there's so much to go, right? We all have our own path and there's enough paths. I mean, this is a universe of paths. I was going to say that Jennifer, that it's a lot like Mm -hmm. the, the stables and trafficking where they're called, they call them wife in laws. And uh, mm. there's the pimp, the trafficker, and then there's right. four or five or, or, you know, 10 or sometimes only three women. It's a poly relationship where you have sex with the trafficker and he's like your dad or like your boyfriend or your husband or whatever, but they all share right. him, but they're all competing to make enough money so that he appreciates them and he loves them more. And yes. it's super abusive. So it kind of reminds me of that where women are competing for the attention of one. And it's like, yes, do, why do we have to do that? Why should we do that? I honestly believe <laughs> that this, this, this comes from way back. You know, you have to think about, you know, think of biblical times. Think of other countries, right, where there's more than one wife. Yes. And I can imagine that each of those wives, they're vying for the position of the wife, the, the, right. the number one. The and bottom girl. That's almost, it's <laughs> almost ingrained in us to continue yeah. to do that. We're still trying to break away from it, that old pattern. It, exactly. And that's where exploiters find certain women and they can exploit them. And listen, mm-hmm. we can call people exploiters even in life that they're not sex trafficking them. They could literally sure. be exploiting you in a company somewhere and they know that you're competing with each other and they know that mm-hmm. that competition makes the company grow. That's what oh, they yeah. think anyway. But sure, sure. So, oh, you so can you see it like, in families. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. So this is so good. Oh, yeah. So, so go ahead, go ahead, finish what you were saying. <laughs> sure. Uh, because the journey didn't end there. And so I, Started the podcast, took an eight week course or took an eight week course to start the podcast, learned how to do it. Um, I am not a techie. I always say I'm a hippie at heart. And, uh, but <laughs> I taught my, I learned how to do it. I learned how to edit. I learned how to publish. I did all the things. Thank God I did wow. because wow. the person that I teamed up with in the end screwed me, tried to. Oh my goodness. But wow. Jennifer learned her lesson with being screwed over enough times that I made sure the documents were signed. I made sure things were laid out properly. Good. And that way, at the end of that, I could actually say, actually, I own the podcast and I'm going to continue with the podcast and do with it what I want. Had I not oh, empowered girl. myself and stepped out of my comfort zone and learned how to do all of the techie parts, I would have never felt confident enough to step on my own. Now, here's... Here is where the healing, the deep healing actually happened was when I finally stepped on my own and decided I can do this on my own. I was fixing my hair, getting ready for this. And I thought, wow, for the first time I've stepped into first place. Let me give you a story real quick because my mom brought this up. Um, Back in 1986, I was in a pageant and I won Junior Miss Texas. And I was super excited. It was a lot of fun. You know, you cry, all the things, right? I just wow. like getting dressed up. Yeah. But I went backstage after the pageant and one of the girls who was competing in Teen Texas, Miss Teen Texas, had fainted. And I thought she was upset because she didn't win the crown. And the first thing I wanted to do is I said, can I give her my crown? Because she obviously wants it more than I do. And my mom said, no, you won that crown. She passed out because she hasn't eaten in days. But my first instinct was, let me give her my crown 
because she obviously wants it more than I do. And I can tell you that I have done that so many times in my life where I'm like, they want it more than me. I'm not going to fight for it. But I'm always was always putting myself in second seat. Right. And so for the first time, I feel so much in my body, in my skin, because I finally have put myself in that first seat where I don't know, for the first time, I feel like I'm almost at my complete empowerment as a woman. And I'm charged and ready to do even more for other women. That is so good. So the biofield therapy, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So that too started when I was little. Um, It was something that I kind of had a little bit of a extra sensory. I can feel what other people were feeling. Um, there's this deep, deep compassion for other humans and animals and trees for that matter. So I basically kind of felt like I was on the outskirts. I didn't quite completely relate to everyone growing up. And uh, while I was pregnant with my first daughter, I decided, you know what, I'm going to learn how to do some healing work. Like, I, let me figure this out because there's something I'm called to do. And I don't quite have my finger on it. And I'm experiencing all this stuff. I mean, incredible, miraculous things. And so I um, I prayed about it. And I put it aside. I said, you know what, God, I, I want a teacher. I need a teacher to help me because I don't know what I'm doing. And so I put it aside, had my daughter, started teaching uh, yoga at a new studio. I was taking over for another woman. And something in me said, when you meet her, she's going to lead you to your teacher. So it just so happened the woman whose class I was taking over decided to come and check me out, check me out in my first class teaching there. So she introduced herself to me and I felt it again. There she is. You know, she's going to lead you to your teacher. So we chit chatted, went and had coffee. The very next day she called me up and said, Hey, so I was given this card for this teacher for this stuff called biofield therapy. Would you like to go to class with me? And I said, yes, I would. So I learned how I studied for eight years with this woman. I became, you know, master teacher. Um, It came easily for me. I spent a lot of time in prayer and meditation to learn everything. And so really what it is, is I, again, going back to my nature, I'm looking for patterns. So I'm able to use what's called applied kinesiology, which is muscle testing. People come to me for many, many different things. And I look at the origin of that pattern. So it can be an ailment. It can be I'm stuck in this situation. It can be the miasmic loop of I keep choosing these same guys, right? Right, And these abusive guys. So what I can do is using applied kinesiology, I can go back to the origin and figure out, well, what was it? So it can be literally they were a baby sitting in their high chair crying because they were hungry, but they were denied food. That can become a pattern that is repeated over and over and over again. I don't deserve love. I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve nourishment. And that can take many faces, right? So once I figure out the pattern, then I just basically say, okay, let's rewrite that pattern. Let's do a little, uh, go back and into that time. Let's talk to that little girl or, or man. And you also have men come see me and let's tell them everything they need to hear. Let's let them know that they are divine child, that they are loved and we rewrite it. And then there's also laying on hands and prayer work and meditation. And I always send everybody home with homework, but it's a complete mind, body and spiritual 
experience. Um, therapy. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That is so good because that's a lot, uh, a lot like trauma therapy. And obviously you yes. were doing it before then. And we all know that, I mean, you're, you said that you had this intuition, like empathetic compassion mm -hmm. towards animals and people. And that, I really believe that God gifted you with that love and compassion in your heart and then the discernment to see what people are going through and understand and give yeah. them the the love that they need and just the under just the ear i mean a listening ear is so powerful when someone's oh yeah coming. so i i just no, think I, that's I incredible go ahead no i was gonna say i feel it and i say it all the time that i i've always felt like there was an assignment that i was sent here for and that i didn't want to let god down not that i really think i can let god down but that <laughs> I signed up for something, right? Yeah. And and I'm, you know, I'm I wanted to actually do it. And I can't stand it if someone comes to me and they're experiencing pain, I feel it and I I hate it for them and all I want to do is make it better. Right. You're like a, you're showing them a path out of that of that painful experience mm -hmm. and maybe a sort of release because when we have a lot of pain in our body, our body and our mind actually, our mind corrects our body to feel a certain way. And so cortisol's oh, yeah. build up and then all of a sudden oh, yeah. we come down with inflammation, cancer, and then we mm -hmm. binge eat because we think it's going to make us feel better, but it doesn't. And so it's yes. really important what you do, Jennifer. I just want to commend you for all the hard work and the study and the, the giving of yourself to people. Um, mm -hmm. That is something I believe that the God's put a role in your life. But I wanted to ask you about Find Her Seat because how yes. long have you done it for and how has it changed you? So April will be three years. April 1st will be a three-year anniversary or birthday of Find Her Seat. Um, how has it changed me? You know what? Because even from the beginning of creating Find Her Seat to where I am sitting right now, I've had some healing. I've had some growth and in stepping into my own power, but it really does give me a sense of purpose. I absolutely love knowing that every week there's going to be a topic that I can publicly share. We can bring in some of the therapy work into it where I can say, oh, here's a pattern or here's a way out of it. It's created a platform that I can speak to more people because, you know, when I'm working with someone, it's one-on-one. -on -one. But I feel like this gives me an opportunity that I hope I really do hope that every woman listening to it, no matter what the story is or their topic, that they can relate to it and, and almost not, not give permission, but it's kind of like, oh, wow, if they can do it, I can do it. Oh, I felt that way before too. Okay, there is a path out of this, just like you said. There is a journey to healing and hopefully right. to keep sharing that divine love. Yeah, that's great. Now, I want you to tell us, what is the best advice that you could give someone like right now in your life from all your experiences and all the pain that God's released you from and the healing anointing mm -hmm. that God has in your life. What is the best advice you could give someone that if they came to you and like, I need some good advice, I'm lost. My number one prayer that I, I said to myself um, in the very beginning, it's almost like if you can't see it, feel it, do it yet, then ask to see yourself through God's eyes and to love yourself through God's mm -hmm. eyes and love yourself as God loves you. Yeah. If that's the least that you can do, that's the beginning of the healing. And I always say, get to the point where you love all of you. That means 
the shadow parts, the parts you want to tuck away. That means every aspect of that. That could be dimples. That could be temper. That could be your where you came from. It could be anything. Learn to love those parts of you because by doing so, you're starting to heal all the injuries. And once you are fully in that state where I am loved, I deserve love, then you can show love to others. There's not a need to put someone else down. There's not a need to say, oh, wait, there's not enough to go around because you're not hungry. You're right. filled with that divine food. And so, yes, love yourself it, as God loves you and see yourself as God sees you. It's so good because Jesus said that, he said, you know, I've loved them as you've loved me, Lord. I mean, in John 17, then it, it, he talks about love one another. And that mm -hmm. that whole principle of being jealous with each other, that's not allowed because he talks about being unified. And the only way to be unified is mm -hmm. to treat each other and love each other the right way, which is his love. And right. So, you know, Jennifer, thank you so much for today. It's It's been wonderful and I love what you do. Thank I was going to ask you, what is the best way if people want to contact you, maybe for a session or to sure. listen to your podcast, what, it, what are your social media handles and how can people get a hold of you? So you can always go to findherseat.com. I do have a little tab in there where people can uh, sign up to have a session with me. They can also listen to the podcast there as well and look at anything else they might want to find. We have my favorite things, including the book that I published a few years ago, which is not a self-help oh. book, but it might be a little bit of a peek inside my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, findherseat.com is a, is a great way to go. Or you can find me on our Find Her Seat Facebook page or my jennifer.edder on Instagram. Right on, Jennifer. Keep doing what you're doing, girl. And I just empower you with the love inside of me going all the way to you. I thank you for your service to humanity and to women oh. that need to know that they have a seat at the table and they are mm -hmm. absolutely loved by the divine creator. God bless you. That is you. right. God Yay. bless you. Thank you, Annie. <laughs> See you soon, Jennifer. Love you. Thanks for coming on Pink Chair. Love you. Hi, friends. I want to talk about our nonprofit today. It's called Destiny House. And it's a place where ladies that have been in the sex industry, ladies that have been sex trafficked, can come and live and recover from their lifestyle. Basically, it's this, to dream, discover, develop into the perfect destiny that God has for them. It's nine to 24 months. And we're so excited because we're actually going to be opening up our second home called Dream House. And this place is a place where ladies can come after the first program. And it's more independent living where they have their jobs and their schooling that they're doing. And they can become more successful because we know that trauma and complex trauma is real. That's why I want to ask you today, to please consider to partner with us because most, if not all of these ladies come to our program and they're completely broken. They've got heavy complex trauma with comes with so many different issues and comorbidities that they need help just to get stabilized and to get their mind and their heart right and to get healing from that deep trauma. And we have great programs. We have trauma therapy. And the ladies go to addiction classes and life skill classes and also equine therapy. And they like to do 
arts and crafts and just it's just a very well holistic trauma-informed well-rounded program that when these ladies come they definitely get their healing and they get a brand new start and a brand new life of promise hope and a great future please partner with us if it's on your heart we need to keep our houses open you can go to hookersforjesus.net click on donate or pinkchair.com and click on donate and your donation is tax deductible thank you everyone mm-hmm.